You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we are talking fulfillment and purpose. And these are topics that I think uh, draw me in a lot because I really, like one, I really believe in them and two, I really live them. So they're a little bit exciting to me. And to help us through these topics today, we are joined by the lovely Ali uh, and she is going to talk us through why these might be important for you as well as me. So welcome, Ali. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So good to have you. Um, let's start with hearing a bit about who is Ali. So have you had a career journey? Let us know a little bit about your career journey and what got you into doing what you're doing today. Mm. Well, so I am Ali Bubb and I'm a life and leadership coach for mid-career professionals who want more purpose and passion in everything that they do. And um Contrary to popular belief or myth, I think, I wasn't born knowing I wanted to be a life and leadership coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing that I could tell you for sure, because I never had an answer for that question of what do you want to be when you grow up, is I knew I knew I wanted to wear a fancy suit <laughs> and I wanted to carry a cool briefcase. <laughs> And sometimes it's about the outfit and the accessories and, you know, there are worse reasons to pick a career, I suppose, but um, I really never had that, that sense that I think people expect or that, that we talk about in society that says, oh, well, you're just going to know from the time you're five, what you want to be, and then you're going to get trained for it and then go work that for 30, 40 years, right? Like that is just not, not at all my experience, not the experience of really anyone that I've ever talked to. Ooh. And so I accidented into my career a little bit uh, in the way that so many people do. I went to college thinking I would major in accounting because I didn't have a better answer for that question. And after my first two classes that I took in it, I found out I hate accounting. I never want to do accounting again. And, um, and oh no, I've already built a four-year plan all around this, and now what? And, uh, and so I was faced with my first pivot already early in life, and um, instead I started taking classes that I enjoyed, and those included, um, at that time, you know, computer coding classes and things like that, and I, uh, I wound up with a career as a woman in tech for 20 years. I was doing software development uh, for large corporations and um, loved it, loved everything about it for a while. And then after a while, I didn't. Yeah. And the short version of the story is I really suffered a crisis of meaning a number of years ago now where Basically, I quit my amazing corporate job. I questioned everything I thought I knew and started rebuilding a life I wanted to live from the ground up. And um, the interesting thread through all of it is from my earliest days, I've been coaching and developing others uh, really for most of my adult life. Um, I just didn't always have the language for what that was or what, what, it, what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> one of the compliments that I heard most often in my corporate jobs, uh, besides, whoa, you're really enthusiastic, is <laughs> um, it was what a good accountability partner I was. 
And at the time it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. But, but what it really means is I'm wired to help people find a path to achieving their goals. And so the really cool thing about it is um, being able now to live my dream, coach leaders and accelerate their authentic version of success, uh, which usually leads to more joy and fulfillment, purpose and passion. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. So let's start with some, some basics, right? Because I think these words, fulfillment, purpose, we have a basic understanding, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper. So what do you, what do we mean when we talk about fulfillment and purpose? Yeah, I love that question. And I'll, I'll back it up and throw maybe three other words at it before I dive into it, which is to say there are really, there's three reasons why we all go to work and it's, it's money, it's meaning and it's impact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on where you find yourself in your career journey, you will have different levels of each of those three things. And um, over the course of my career, I have obviously experienced ups and downs in those as well. What it typically looks like is for senior leaders, you know, they have money, they have the impact, you know, they have usually uh, quite a reach um, given just, you know, being at, at the top of an organization. Um, and the piece that they tend to miss is the meaning piece. For mid-level leaders, they definitely um, still typically find themselves in a space where, yep, the money is, is there, it's at the level that they expect it to be, but the meaning and the impact both can be missing. For early career, it can be all three of those things. Mm -hmm. And so as we think about that, um, the meaning piece is the commonality across. It's mm -hmm. the one that we talk about the least. It's the one that everyone that I talk to says they wish they had more of. Mm -hmm. And fulfillment and purpose are really the building blocks for that meaning, you know, being able to derive um, a meaning, a special significance from both the work that we do, but also the life that we live. And, um, and having those fulfillment and purpose pieces then sets us down the path toward meaning. I picked up on that the the work and the life the meaning across the work and the life mm -hmm. and I think that's something that is is starting to be more prevalent but in the past we've put our work life into a box and our life life into a box and so we've looked for maybe meaning specifically from life and work has been the money and it's interesting now to see the research into like the the Gen Z and whatever Gens come after the Gen Z, um, which I feel like there's already many, but like their search right from the beginning definitely includes that meaning piece. Whereas certainly for me in my early days, it was about I need first I need money to live, um, and then I need money to travel, and then you know need money to have like the, if my kids have a good life as well. And so there was definitely that thread of money in the early days. And then you're right, it becomes, well, now I'm fine. My money is fine. I don't, you know, I, I'm very comfortable. Um, the impact and the meaning becomes then more important. And then, as you said, as you get into senior leadership and your impact is covered because you're the boss now, um, that meaning piece is really important. So I feel like Gen Z is going to lead this meaning piece right from the beginning, better than I, my generation, um, Gen X, ever did. You know, um, I, I share that same sense of when I started my career, 
no one talked about meaning. Like <laughs> that was not, that was not a thing. <laughs> you go to work, you're not going to fun. It doesn't matter what you like or what you want to do. You're there to do a job and you're supposed to check your life at the door and then pick it up on your way back out. And, um, and I love that the conversation is finally evolving to recognize the truth that's been there all along that we just haven't had uh, good conversations around or good ways to talk about it. And, you know, especially for, for, I think about the younger workers, I think about my kids who are middle-aged or middle school-aged kids right now. So they're going to be going into the workforce in the next decade. Um, and really thinking about how dramatically different it is because there is both an understanding that, um, we don't have to ignore meaning and impact um, in service of money. And what if, what if we could imagine a world where we could have all three of those things at the same time? Mm. Um, it, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. They don't have to be something that you sacrifice in order to get one of those three things. Mm. And so I think it's a really important conversation and also a really brave conversation for younger people to be leading because often what I have found is many of us aren't even willing to talk about meaning until we get around middle age. Mm. You know, that's when that piece starts to become really, really important. Um, that's when that piece starts to become very pronounced if you are feeling like that is not at a level where you want it to be. Mm. You know, that is that is the point where you start asking questions as I did when I made the choice to leave my corporate career behind was to say, wow, like, is this, is this all there is for me? Is this, you know, um, everything that I thought it was going to be, is this the success I was dreaming of? And, and starting to really dive deep into, do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel like I'm having an impact? Do I feel like I am doing work that matters, matters to me and matters to others? And so, so that leads me to ask, like, why are we drawn to that? So, you know, in um, in the past, I don't think meaning has been part of people's roles at all. So I think of my parents and them coming up through their journey. And I'm not saying they didn't have meaning, but it certainly wasn't talked about or mentioned. Um, and they had a, a pretty good career path, um, earned plenty of money, had plenty of impact. I have no idea if the meaning was there or not. And so why are we now saying or feeling that this is important to us when days gone by, it just didn't come up, like you said? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple of factors. The first one is some of the sources or places that um, maybe historically we derived meaning from no longer are are still places um, that people are active in or as active in as before. So think about things like religion, for mm -hmm. example. Um, and as people move to a more secular society, um, it's one of those things where you go, oh, okay. So if that used to be one of one of the places where people derived meaning, um, and now we're not doing as much of that as a society, what does that look like for us? Mm -hmm. And so um, there's, a, there's a number of factors like that um, in the life side of things. And then in the work side of things, it's also um, rare now to find a job where, um, where you can kind of show up, just do the thing and go home 
and it's a very short, defined, easy-ish thing. You don't have to think about it again. You don't have to worry about it. You aren't expected to be on call and available and answering teammates from around the globe at all hours. And, you know, all of those things that have started to go, oh, wait. So not only, not only maybe do you have the same sources of meaning from a life perspective, but now work has taken and morphed into such a, a full experience um, that we now have to go, wait a second, if I'm gonna spend not just eight hours a day, but maybe 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day doing this thing, it's gotta mean something, you know? It's gotta, in some way, um, not exactly replace, but have that same level in order for people to feel like it's worth my time to go there. It's mm -hmm. worth, you know, the, the money that I'm being paid to do this and the meaning that I derive from it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and interestingly, I think those roles where you can just, you know, turn up, do your eight hours, go home and not have to think about it anymore are going to disappear more and more mm -hmm. as um, automation, Gen AI, you know, becomes more prevalent, more used. So uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's only going to grow in, in um, impact. I think this idea of how do I, how do I get more meaning out of my work that I'm, yeah, that I'm not getting necessarily outside of my work or maybe I am but I'm at work a really long time now and if I'm not at work I'm thinking about work because it's like we're left with the bigger problems to solve now like the smaller problems have either been solved or you know like I said Jenna I can probably solve a lot of the ones that aren't solved now um, and so we're left with these big sticky problems that can just sort of be in the back of your mind all the time looking for a solution because your brain is how your brain works. So um, if you've got, if you find the meaning in that, then at least you don't feel like it's all, um, I don't know, that, that working for the man phrase, right? It's like, I'm just working for somebody else. Like, yes, I'm earning money, but most of it's going to them. And I feel almost drained from the experience. The idea yeah. of bringing meaning to it is more energizing than that that feeling. Yes. Yes. That, um, that element can take the longest of days, the hardest assignments, the most challenging things that you work on and turn it into something that truly is a joy versus mm -hmm. is a complete drain on you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the multi-million dollar question, uh, how do we, if we don't feel this sense of fulfillment purpose, um, meaning in our work right now and assuming we're not in one of the you know eight hour factory line or um, even sometimes call center work can be a little bit like that and we'll and I want to bring that back in but let's start on the on the other jobs at the moment how do we find more fulfillment and purpose in those roles yeah that is super important to do. And, you know, I, I talk to women leaders, aspiring leaders all the time, and they're already really successful, right? <laughs> like you don't need my help to figure out how to deliver amazing results at work. Everybody basically agrees. You're amazing at what you do, right? You get the feedback, you know it. Um, and so it's that question that, that you, you probably feel inside where you go, okay, so what do I do? if my amazing results feel kind of empty and unfulfilling, where it just doesn't feel like it's it's satisfying for you. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that sounds like, oh, I wish I could do more of what matters, but I'm exhausted, I'm overworked, I'm burned out. Or it sounds sometimes like, 
I just have this vague sense that there's something more out there for me, um, even if I can't describe what it is. Or, you know, it can feel like I daydream about quitting my job so I can go work for a nonprofit and finally have more fulfillment and purpose in my days. And so, like, those are some of the statements, if that resonates for you, then I want to, I want to reiterate, I want to say, like, you probably don't need to quit your job. And instead, it really is focusing on some, some simple shifts. And there, there really are three of them. And before I dive into those, I want to say, first and foremost, every single person deserves fulfillment and purpose. We should all expect fulfillment and pur purpose. This is not extra. This is the bare minimum for a long and enjoyable career. And so to just establish that as our baseline, first and foremost, is really important. And so the first shift that I think is really important for us to think about is to acknowledge the fact that fulfillment and purpose even joy for that matter, it's a choice. This is a choice that we have to make over and over again, every day, every hour. We have to keep choosing it. It's an intentional act. Sometimes it's a really rebellious act, depending on what your work situation looks like. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's one of those things that, because it requires that intention, Often on busy days, it disappears from our mind. It's like, oh, I started and next thing I know, it's time to go home already and none of the stuff on my to-do list happened and none of the stuff on my, I was going to be really intentional about it, things happened either, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, um, it's knowing that you need to make that choice around um, how you derive meaning at work, what that looks like for you. Sometimes it's in the special significance that you can create in a moment. Sometimes it's in the, you know, the two minutes that you take to listen to a coworker and to hear them out or, you know, give them some guidance or advice if they've come to you asking for it. Sometimes it's, it's often in the like non-work responsibilities sometimes that we think, oh, but I can't, that's not on my, that's not the thing I'm responsible for. Mm -hmm. And yet many of us derive a lot of meaning from those relationships that we have, from those, um, you know, doing great work with people we care about, all in service of a greater good. And um, finding that uh, when you aren't in this situation where you experience that today is absolutely important. You know, some of my favorite jobs, <laughs> the meaning that I derived from it had nothing to do with my work, mm -hmm. but everything to do with either those relationships or with um, kind of the end goal, the end result of the stuff we were producing. You know, when you think about, for example, software development, which is my background, um, it wasn't about the technology. It was never about the technology for me. I didn't, I didn't like tech because it was cool or fun or powerful or amazing. It was because of the way that it changed people's lives. And it was the ways that you could see it impacting, making it better, easier, more efficient, whatever that thing is, where you could go, oh, wow, I, I was a small part of that. 
And, um, and being able to find those pieces is really important, but we have to choose it because it's really easy to just go, wow, I'm busy and I'm exhausted and I got nothing here. Yeah. 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 I love that. So, so make the choice and look for the meaning and it might be related to, um, like you said, the non-work responsibilities, the people around you or the DEI initiatives that you're championing or whatever it is that you stand for, you might be championing that within your organization as part of your non-work responsibilities uh, or even, yeah, looking for that end point of what I do impacts these customers eventually and this is how it impacts them and I know I'm an important part in that whole process. Yeah. And I think the the other piece to pay attention to is knowing what's important to you. Yeah. You know, I had a, a client come to me. Um, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She's great at what she did. And she came to me initially because she'd actually been working in the nonprofit space, you know, so this is the place that uh, the corporate daydreamers imagine they can go for all this uh, fulfillment and purpose. Mm. And, um, and what she came to me was, you know what, I'm just ready to finally make some money already, you know, <laughs> and so it was kind of the flip side of this. But as we talked more, it became clear that money wasn't really the driver. It was the thing that she felt like she should do because, you know, of the age or the level that she'd reached. And honestly, what she still was looking for was fulfillment in purpose. And um, and instead, you know, after after talking with me, after working with me, she chose to claim the dream that had always been in her heart, which was starting her own business. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be paying attention um, not to not to what everyone else says, the thing that should be meaningful, oh, well, you should get fulfillment from this. You should get um, some sense of alignment from it when, in fact, if you don't, now you feel like you've somehow made a mistake or you're broken. There's something wrong with me. Why can't I be fulfilled in this thing? Yeah. And so we need to be really, really um, honest with ourselves about those things that we truly do enjoy, those things that do bring us fulfillment, those things that um, sometimes are a secret dream on our heart that we don't dare say out loud. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so what else have we got? What are the other? Yeah, um, so the second thing, this is something that we really need to shift is we've got to change what we're seeing. And so if you're looking for what's wrong with your job, with your coworkers, with your employer, you're going to find it. And if you're looking for what's right with your job, with your coworkers, with your employer, you're going to find that too. And so it's really about um, being intentional on what are we looking for? You know, um, the more that we train our brains to look for what's going wrong, the more our brain is going to find it for us. And so it can be as intentional as saying, you know what, I'm going to look for what's going right today. What is something small? What is something simple? It doesn't have to be this giant earth shattering moment. It can be really small. Um, I had a client who kept telling, kept telling me, kept telling herself, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And I get it, right? We're all super busy. And her big goal, she wanted to increase her income. And yet, right, she was too busy, she was too busy. And so we had to change what she was looking for so she could start to see some spaciousness, like where, how can I create the space and time I need if I'm going to create my income? And um, by starting to shift what she looked at, 
she was able to actually find the space she needed to earn an extra $30,000 a year. And you know what? I'm pretty sure all of us would be happy to take an extra 30K. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you don't realize how powerful it can be to start looking for what's going right. What else is there? Yeah, fantastic. I, I love a good mind shift and um and reframe. Uh and and absolutely right. When you start your brain looking for things that will find them, that's its job. So um and I've had to do that a number of times with difficult bosses, even like looking for, okay, why, why have I got this difficult boss here? Um, I changed the phrase from why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me? Um, and that helps me see things differently and look for those. Uh, I don't want to call them silver linings, but just look for the different things that I'm not seeing because I'm focused on how terrible the situation is. Um, yeah. by reframing just using that simple question for me helps me to shift how I'm seeing things yeah I love that question it's such a such a powerful reframe and a way to immediately shift because yeah you're right your brain is going to start looking exactly for that and the more that we can ask ourselves those kind of questions that wake us up is really really the key Yes, which is why we need coaches. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to find the questions, but you get a coach and they'll ask you the question. Um, okay, and we've got one more in here? Yes, yes. Okay, so the third shift that we really need to keep in mind when we want to have and create more fulfillment and purpose is to focus on the fact that it's the journey, not the destination. And I know everyone's heard that phrase so much, it almost, it sounds, you know, very trite, but when we focus on a milestone, whether that's, you know, completion of a project, reaching a certain job title, it takes away all our enjoyment of what's happening right now today. It robs us of fulfillment and purpose. It takes away the joy and meaning that we can experience because what, what it really truly means is we need to be focused on all those small little moments added up over time. It's the cumulative effect that starts to really grow that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of purpose in you. It isn't that singular moment of completing the thing or achieving the thing. It's very much the process of getting there, the learnings along the way, the people that you're doing it with. It's really, it's like the compound interest of your life. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> well, and it's one of those where, you know, we can experience in all sorts of different avenues, right? We absolutely experience it at work. We absolutely experience it in life. I had, um, I was just thinking about a client of mine. Um, so her father-in-law, passed away. And of course, her father-in-law was this wonderful, amazing human beloved by the whole family. And she became a catalyst for her entire family to continue to get together after his death and to create new memories after the loss. And um, by really focusing on the journey of, okay, so it's not this singular moment that's going to define our family. And it's not this singular moment of us gathering together that's going to reset everything, but rather how can we um, travel together um, down this path and sort of reestablishing it? Like she was able to navigate that loss with so much grace. And, and she shared that it was one of the most fulfilling things that she'd done. She felt like 
Um, it was her purpose to be helping her family um, work through their grief in that way. And it was really a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So know that it can happen, you know, in all realms of our work and life. Mm, that's that's a wonderful example. Um, it sort of makes me think of this idea where we are fixated on on the end goal um, and, and we miss all of the steps that that get us there and we miss who we're becoming along the way. Um, and I think to me, that's the important part of my journey is not about the end goal, but who I get to become in service to meeting that end goal. And I also think when we focus on that journey rather than the end goal, so often we don't meet the end goal. We don't get there. And we feel like complete and utter failures because that was the only thing we were looking at forgetting about all of the things we've done on the way and who we've become on the way to not getting to that goal. Like it, it, that to me is a much more meaningful, fulfilling way to look at our, our life than just this is where I'm heading. And if I don't get there, I'm a complete failure. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. You know, um, appreciating all those small moments, the learning that you get from not getting where you thought you wanted to go sometimes is so huge yes. and being able to go, okay, but this was, this was not wasted time. This was not wasted effort, right? It helped form who I am today because of mm. all of those challenges. Mm. It's so huge. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Um, okay. So we've got choice. So make the choice to look for your meaning. We've got uh, change what we're seeing. So looking for what's right rather than what's wrong with our situation and finding the, the meaning, purpose, fulfillment within that space. Um, and then looking at focusing on the journey, not the destination will bring that meaning in for you as you take each little step rather than waiting for the big bang. Yes. Yes. And doing all three of those things together, even doing one of those things, mm -hmm. you should be able to feel a big shift in your sense of meaning, your fulfillment and purpose, really that um, those building blocks that are there that are waiting for you to claim them. And if you do all three of those things, it'll, it'll make a huge difference in your days and weeks, your months and years. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how even like even in one of those jobs where it is like a call center or a factory line where you're just there, you do your job, you go home, you can still find meaning in that, um, like you said, around the end product and what the end product impact is having or around the conversations you're having with colleagues or, you know, the thing that you're championing inside of your workplace can still bring you in meaning, fulfillment, purpose in that space. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've had my share of jobs that were not enjoyable. Uh, one of them, one of them, I was a telemarketer mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> and I actually have fond memories, not necessarily of the work, not of the job itself, but of, of the meaning uh, that myself and my coworkers derived from being together of working toward a common goal of sometimes competing with each other, but in fun, yes. um, sometimes in celebrating little mini milestones for in each other's lives. And so as much as <laughs> it's not the sort of job that I woke up feeling excited to go to, <laughs> but it was still one of those where um, 
that meaning was there for me, uh, waiting for me to claim it and to like lean into it and to really notice it and, and also made my days a lot shorter when I did. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. I love that framework. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, we've got a couple of questions before we wrap up for the day. So first one is, what do you know now that you wish you'd known earlier? Hmm. <laughs> so many things, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I also know that uh, younger me would never have taken advice from older me. So mm -hmm. it's probably worked out. Um, I, think, I think the biggest piece is... <sighs> There's no one right path mm -hmm. for me or for anyone, right? We can all be successful in an infinite combination of ways. And I remember feeling so much pressure as a young person trying to decide on like the right career, the right thing. Um, I had this sense, um, misguided though it was, that like everyone else had somehow figured it out and I'd missed that day in class. They're like, how do I not know the answer to this big question? And um and I have given myself so much more compassion around it now to say, yeah, that's because there wasn't a right answer to that question, right? Um, it's, it's thinking about all the people you've ever worked with or know who have had or have the same job title as you, right? You have the exact same job, the same responsibilities, and yet each of us does the work completely differently. Each of us is successful in it. And it would have taken so much stress off of me to know that there wasn't this perfect choice that I was somehow missing or not seeing, um, or that I didn't have to do a role exactly the way this other person did this role or, you know, um, that, that really the way to most to get to success is just being as authentically you as you can possibly be. Yeah, because anything else is just draining. <laughs> Trying yes. to just a thing. Um, that's uh, yeah, fantastic thinking there. Um, and then last question is what do you consider your leadership mantra? So what is the thing that you say to yourself over and over again? Yeah, I um I well, so I shared at the start, right? I'm a life and leadership coach for professionals who want more purpose and more passion in everything they do. And I think for me, there's really two things that capture my leadership mantra. And um, the first, actually, I have a poster hanging on my wall, uh, just, just off camera here, where it's some framed song lyrics, uh, the song Get Better by Frank Turner. And the part in it that I love is we could get better because we're not dead yet. And so <laughs> that really speaks to my deep desire for growth, for continuous improvement, for knowing that on the days that I screw up and I don't get it right, I can still have another chance at that. I can get better. I can become the person that I know I can be. And um, it really speaks to that idea, I think, of purpose for everyone, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the, the reason to lean in and keep going when things get hard, knowing that it's worth the effort. It's worth improving because it matters. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the first one that, that I have a hanging reminder on my wall about. Um, the second one for me is enthusiasm over skill set. And the best leaders recognize this, the best leaders hire for this. When you're excited about a role and when you're excited about the company mission, you're motivated to learn 
basically any skill you need, right? You're willing to dive in. You'll, you're willing to take on messy, ambiguous things and figure it out because you're interested in it. You're excited about it. And that, that is the passion piece. And now, um, can we all learn every single skill? No, of course not, right? Like we're talking about having a baseline level of skill. And then if you're comparing equally qualified candidates, absolutely, go with, go with the person who's pumped every single day and you will not be disappointed. Um, and I really think about when those two pieces are combined, when we've got the purpose and the passion, Oh gosh, like that is, that is the secret recipe. Um, it's such a joy to be able to experience those things and to, um, to be able to share those things with others. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, and, and that as a leader hiring for those people means that you're not responsible for any motivation because they're bringing it with them and they'll motivate you to keep going as well. So um, I think, yeah, fantastic uh, mentor and and advice there. So thank you for sharing that, Ali. Um, and, and yeah, thank you for your time at all today. We've got a gift that you're wanting to offer uh, our listeners today. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I've got... Um, it's a free download. It's the top career myths holding you back from purposeful work and life. And so um, they can get that on my website, workauthentically.com and um, grab a free copy and check it out because it really dives into that uh, purpose and fulfillment piece more. Yeah, fantastic. That, that sounds like a really good um, reference point for them to start from uh, to make sure that they're getting this into their life and uh, it is going to make such a difference. So I love that you're offering that. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Uh, and so if people want to find you, where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, great question. Um, obviously, yes to my website, right? If you're going there to download that, you'll be able to track me down there at workauthentically.com. But I also love for people to connect with me on LinkedIn, Wonderful. And so um, my LinkedIn handle is Allison-Bub, I think is how it comes out. Um, so A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-B-U-B-B. Um, but you'll find me there if you do a search. Wonderful. I will leave that in the show notes along with the link to your um, wonderful gift for everybody. Uh, so if you're listening, you can go to the show notes, click the links, makes it much easier than having to write. Much easier. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Ellie, I've loved our chat today. I This is a topic that is really important, I think, in this day and age for women in particular. Um, we are really drawn towards finding meaning and purpose. And, you know, this has given everyone a good start on how to go about that. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for leading a conversation around this and just for holding space for all of these important topics. There are so many things as women leaders that we really truly need to support each other on. Thanks for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you want to continue the conversation about today's topic or anything to do with being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. You'll find the link to join in the show notes as well as the links to connect with today's wonderful guest. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you'll know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others to find the show. And I would really appreciate that. Until next week, continue 
to lead the way, her way.